Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello, my name's Jess Phillips and this is yours sincerely. Usually in this podcast, I give my guests a chance to celebrate three people that mean the world to them. Someone they love someone who's no longer around and someone who doesn't realise how significant a role they've played in their lives. But this week, as part of a special series of episodes to celebrate International Women's Day, I'm speaking to inspiring women about the issues that matter the most to them. Zara McDermott is a documentary presenter and reality TV host who became known for her appearances on Love Island and Celebrity X Factor. Last year, she presented two powerful documentaries for BBC Three, uncovering rape culture and revenge porn based on her own experiences of cyberbullying and sexual assault. This spring, she's presenting the new BBC Three reality dating show, Love in the Flesh. Hello, Zara. The last time I saw you, we were in the presence of royalty. We were. We were absolutely were. We were at Clarence <laughs> House with the future queen consort, Camilla. It was nice, wasn't it? She was nice. She was actually really lovely and she was very passionate about the topic. I don't know what I was expecting, but she really was passionate about the topic, to be honest, so which was good to have the support from someone like that. Yeah, absolutely. And also she, you know, like she doesn't do it with a lot of fanfare. Like she just sort of, sit, you're like quietly working in the background to try and improve things for women and girls. So fair play. She wasn't, like, really, like, had lots of airs and graces, was she? She was, like, she's all right to talk to. She was fine. Yeah, she was very, she was very normal. Asked a lot of questions. I saw her asking everyone questions, which was nice. She didn't, like, expect anyone to kind of have a, a monologue to say to her. She, like, asked people questions, and it was nice. It was nice that she did that. It felt more personal, I guess. But, yeah, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but it was very different to what I was expecting that day. Yeah, no, you don't really know what you to, to expect when you get, like, a gold-lined invitation. I know, right? The way that it was delivered in the envelope and I everything. know, it's so posh. I framed it for my grandparents. They're so happy. It's on their mantelpiece. <laughs> I mean, this whole podcast is all about letter writing. And so I often ask people if they have letters of note. And you have already answered this question by having this gold. It's like a piece of card. And the edges of the card are gold. I know. It's incredible. I was over the moon with it. I couldn't stop looking at it. My boyfriend was like, put it down. It's a bit worse now. (laughs) (laughs) It is so lovely. And then you get like a piece of paper that comes with it that's like, you must arrive at this time. It's like all the really boring logistics. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It tells you what to wear as well. Well, not in a bad way, but it's like, you know, didn't it say lounge suits on it? I don't know what that is, but... A royal term, probably. Nothing we used to. Are you much of a letter writer? You are quite young, aren't you, Zara? How old are you? 
I'm 25. But you're still, I would say, uh, from the generation. So what people, most people say when I talk to them on this podcast is, I used to, but people don't do that anymore because like people are like digital natives. But you genuinely grew, will have grown up online, whereas I didn't. Like People yeah. used to properly write letters to each other when I was a kid. I know, but that's really nice. I kind of wish I lived in that age where people wrote letters. I I personally love writing letters and cards and things like that because I think it's so much more personal than writing a text. So I personally am a fan of letters. To be honest, I was I think when I got a phone and we started getting like instant messenger and stuff, I'm, I probably was about... I, mean, I think I got a first a smartphone when I was maybe like 13 or 14. So before that... I was on the edge of, like, technology. <laughs> the edge um, of technology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nobody... I mean, mobile phones literally didn't exist when I was a kid. For this brief podcast that we're going to do for International Women's Day, normally we, we go through the three people you want to write letters to, but for International Women's Day, we're doing a series of short, shorter podcasts, and we have asked you to come up with a theme that you would want to write a letter to the women of the world about. So what would your theme be? So I was thinking about this because there's a lot of things I'd want to write to the women of today. But I think that if you, you know, if I think about the work that I'm doing and the work that I want to continue to do for women, a lot of the work I've been doing for the last couple of years is around abuse, especially the way that abuse is changing. So... I would say that my theme is I would like to educate more people about the way that the landscape of abuse is changing towards women. It's becoming a lot more digital-based abuse as opposed to in the past it was solely, I guess, physical and emotional, but now there's a new wave of of abuse that's happening and I want to raise awareness for it and I want to educate people about it. I did a thing with Laura Bates who wrote Everyday Sexism this morning, actually, And she said we're in a very dangerous position where digital native children are being raised in homes by parents who don't come from that generation. And it was the only time this is ever going to happen in history that there's been a tipping point where teachers and parents literally don't understand it isn't just like oh there's a generational divide and they don't understand like all teenagers through the history of time of thought there is literally a deficit in understanding so I will meet with young women talking about abuse a lot I will meet with young women and they will express abuses to me that I had no idea existed because I'm a 40 year old mother of teenagers like the online space and I I mean I suffer from online abuse and all that but it's nothing like how violence against women and girls has manifested itself online with regard to cyber flashing and a woman was telling me that on the tube and I this I had no idea this was a thing like you know like airdrop I mean as I'm saying it I feel like I sound like a nan I know what you're going to say. So someone airdropped a, a nude photo or something. A photo, yeah, basically an obscene photo of a, a dick pic, essentially. She knows that that person is near her. You're looking around and, and the reason they're doing it is so that they can watch you not knowing, like the control. That to me was absolutely horrifying. Yeah, so that happened to, so my best friend actually was on a train And a member of the train staff airdropped her a video of himself 
masturbating and it was just her and him on the platform and he was like looking at her and watching her receive it and kind of like watch it and she reported it to the staff at the at the police station and went through because she said this is just so wrong imagine a young girl received that on the platform like they would be absolutely mortified and what else could he do so she felt very strongly about reporting it and she didn't and he just went back and said oh sorry it was an accident and he nothing happened to him one thing that i'd say there is a common thread between abuse of old and new modern day abuse against women is that that's the same response nothing ever happens to anybody when anybody reports it in the early days of like online abuse and aggression that i used to get when i was first elected absolutely no doubt that you have suffered from this dreadfully as well the police when i was talking to them sometimes they didn't even know like what a tweet was like so it was like and they were like oh could you find this and so as the victim you're meant to then scroll through thousands of pages of abuse yeah and then i can imagine it's also maybe you should just block them that's not the point that's like saying oh just you know the man next door's abusing you just move out yeah so you are trying to so you're trying to get out there and talk to people about this sort of abuse this new form of violence against women and girls absolutely i think that there's so many instances like the one you just spoke about where people are coming forward and this is not all just women this has happened to men as well but obviously statistically it does more so happen to women people are going to actually not really knowing where to turn when they are faced with digital abuse be it revenge porn cyber flashing things like that and I want to make sure that you know we signpost people to the right place and, and actually also reassure them that you are a victim like you can report this there are things you can do And, you know, the police should now be more better trained in these digital-based assaults. We also, so I partnered up with Refuge last year for a campaign called the Naked Threat Campaign. So what would happen a lot is someone would go to the police, say, I'll go to the police, i say, excuse me, please, can you help me? Um, My ex-partner is threatening to share intimate photos and videos of me, threatening to share it to my work, to my family, to my friends. What do I do? I'm so distressed. And they'd say, well come back when he's done it because we can't do anything and that's a massive problem because you end up missing such a huge amount of people it's like you know if you think about what would happen if you tried to report a threat of many other crimes it would be taken seriously but for some reason with more digital based crimes it wasn't so we actually managed to change the law and make it illegal to threaten to share images as well so that was a massive like triumph for us and it's also really helped me because, you know, I, I get so many messages from, from young women and men saying, please help me, please help me. I don't know what to do. This My, my ex-partner's threatening to share images. And I'm always sat there quite helpless saying, well, they're actually, you know, there's advice and helplines you can talk to, but actually it's not illegal to do that. So it's actually really helped me a lot because it means that I can point them in the right direction now. So there's been a lot of wins you know, in terms of that in the last year and, and getting that past the post was amazing. You shouldn't brush that over as a small thing. As somebody who, you know, has to try and change the law every single day, that's literally what I have to try and do. It is no small feat to run a campaign that actually changes law. 
And it's really, really inspiring for people to hear that it is possible. So when we were with Camilla, the young woman who stood up and she had changed the law around domestic abuse, being able to take a charge, like if if it had happened over six months ago, common assault couldn't have been taken. And she's now changed the law. In fact, I will vote on it on Monday to pass it into law that you can do that for two years, not just six months. Like young women like yourself and like that other young woman coming forward and saying, I want to change the law. This isn't right. And I'm going to work with others and we're going to build up an army of women to change this law. It's really inspiring. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, it's it's just, it's a no brainer really, isn't it? It is a no brainer. And it's something that I think that, you know, we look at government and as you say, you know, it is in some places made up of of that generation of, of, of people that we were talking about earlier that may not fully understand the scope of kind of what is happening and what it means for people. So it's so important that I guess people like me and in some ways it's hard because I do receive a lot of messages. Like I would say probably, I would say 50, on average about 50 messages a day when my documentaries just came out and there was a bit of a flurry around it, it was more of pages and pages of women telling me their stories and sometimes I'm the first person that they've actually ever spoke to. So times it's like hard to process, but knowing that, you know, me and everyone else I've worked with is is doing something to help those people that genuinely feel like they have nowhere to turn is like, it's a, I, for me, it's the least I could do really with the platform that I have. I'm very fortunate to have the platform that I do, you know, it came from the most kind of like random place, which is reality television all those years ago. And now it's turned into something really positive. And yeah, I'm really, like, I'm grateful for that. So yeah. Well, also you, you, you should be grateful, but you should also be proud. I always think that having any sort of platform is like having a megaphone and you can use it to shout horrible things or shout about yourself or you can use that to elevate the voices of other people and to believe that I want women to always believe that they if if something's not right you know we, we only have the vote because a load of women went well that's not right is it <laughs> let's yeah, let's absolutely. do something about it let's let's get together and do something about it and laws can be changed and especially around violence against women and girls we we are on the front foot with changing laws we you know they're listening to us not as much as I'd like. <laughs> I'd like them to listen a bit more. But they are listening, so you should feel proud of that. So what would you tell a, a listener a practical way that they can change this issue around abuse and digital abuse? I think realising this can happen to anyone, and this is happening to a lot of people, it's probably happened to you or someone you know, and it will only happen more, you know. Like, I almost worry for my children, what they're going to experience if... I'm experiencing this now and I've, I have experienced this as, as a teen. What are my teenage children going to experience? So I think that, first of all, I would say be open to the fact that it is everywhere. I think that, especially when I grew up, this type of abuse began when I was a teenager and this happened to me at 14. You know, I was a victim of revenge porn at 14. I had a lot of adults around me who didn't understand. And because I didn't understand, I guess there was some judgment. And I think that the best thing we can all do as a society, no matter what your age is, is just relieve that judgment. Do not ever 
you know, judge someone based upon the type of abuse they're receiving because abuse is abuse. It was never self-inflicted. You know, it's always perpetrated by someone and it doesn't matter whether, you know, it's physical, emotional, digital, whatever it is, it's still abuse and it still can have a massive impact on someone. So I think it's important that we're mindful of that. We don't judge people based on their abuse because so many people feel like they're to blame. Um, especially if it's around sending images. Um, a lot of people feel like they are responsible because they sent the image in the first place. But actually, I think it's always important to enforce the fact that it's not it's not someone's fault. We we also should never judge someone based on how they decided to be, be in a relationship. Lots of people, the idea that you made the choice to send it assumes that everybody lives in an environment where choices are free yeah and like lots of people and this has been the case with young people especially teenagers since the beginning of time is that you often feel pressured to do things not necessarily by an abuser but by the norms that we live in like if everybody's sending images it's experimenting right you when you're young or do you know what this happens to like many older people in more mature relationships as well like you're experimenting like I I always sit and think what if people meet on a dating app and they are on polar opposite sides of the world and they've not seen each other for a really long time and they're in a very loving trusting relationship online what do we think that that just stops at hello how was your day what you're having No, it doesn't. Like, we have to be real that this is happening everywhere with all age groups. And I just think we all have to, we have to be really, yeah. really... Yeah, I mean, my that. friends, I, I have to say, I, I am by no means a prude in any sense of, of the word. Somebody once called me a man-hater and uh, then one of my friends from school said that's not what it said about her on the toilets at school. So, you know, I'm by no means a prude. Uh, I, I, I just definitely missed this moment where people... And I've been married since I was, like, 22. And I definitely missed the sort of digital window of sexting, essentially. But all of my friends in their 40s... Like, you know, I'll be on holiday with my... I was on holiday with one of my friends. I won't name her. But, like, I went in to, like, I don't know, get the hair straighteners or something. And she's there taking photos to send to her husband. Like, it's totally not, like... They've been married for 20 years. There's absolutely nothing. There's no judgment. She's a highly professional woman. She's been in a relationship. She's got three kids. You know, she's like, she's like an upstanding member of society. Yet when, if a teenage girl does it, people say, well, what were you doing sending images? Like, you know, you should be really, really careful not to uh, judge people for then something that happens against them. Exactly, exactly. Because one of the massive foundations of a relationship is trust, right? If you, of course, you're going to trust someone, everything in that relationship. And I think we're we're expecting too much of people to to not give that digital sexual side of themselves as well. And I think there's just a lot of work to be done around raising awareness for for this. And a lot of you know people in the older generation, like I can't imagine my parents have ever like done anything like that so maybe wouldn't be able to understand I mean I wouldn't like to imagine (laughs) (laughs) I just can't like they they maybe don't understand it my grandparents definitely don't understand it but just from me having this more open conversations with them they've learned so much and also I would definitely say like 
not to even kind of self-promote on here, but if you do want to have that conversation with your child or even with your, you want to have that conversation with your parent or your grandparent, like definitely give my documentary a watch because it's a really, or both of them, to be honest, I've done one on rape culture in schools and one on revenge porn. I was in the rape culture in schools one. I was in it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just featured in that. So give it a watch, but they're definitely really good conversation starters on those topics yeah no definitely you're absolutely right and people do find it hard to get a jumping off point for a conversation so um although i have to say young people are much better at it my kids will talk to me about anything i have to say sometimes i'm a bit like do whatever you want but just stop talking to me yeah (laughs) keep it to yourself (laughs) i wasn't like that but my brother is very much the same my brother like talks to me and my parents about everything and i'm like like, oh god like oh god I don't know know you don't know what you're getting up to just be safe and come to me when there's a problem I think it is is really like a massive credit to you as a mum for them feeling like they can speak to you they definitely but I do do just think the younger generation are much better at talking about things and maybe it's the older generation who need to watch your documentaries (laughs) to start the conversations so what would you say in your letter to the women of the world oh to the women of the world main thing that I will always say to anyone is if you have been a victim don't ever like doubt your experience I think a lot of people will all doubt their experience and doubt the fact they're a victim and think, oh, it was just, as we were just talking about, like this, like a massive theme of self-blame and self-hatred. And I would like to say to all the women who have experienced this, like, please don't feel like you're alone. Please don't feel like you're the only one this has happened to. And please don't ever blame yourself. And also if a friend of yours is going through this, so like obviously there's people that are going through it and there's people that aren't. I guarantee that at some point in your life you will cross paths with someone who is going through some form of abuse. Be that friend who can listen and be patient and help them and guide them through the process. And, you know, they don't always necessarily want to go to the police. They might actually just want to, to speak to a friend. And making sure you can always be that friend who who that person feels like they can trust and speak to. Can't emphasise the importance of having a really good support network around you if you have been a victim of something, any kind of abuse. So I would say to to anyone who's been a victim, never blame yourself and speak to someone. And I would say to anyone who hasn't, be that friend who feels like someone can talk to you. It's really, really good advice. As somebody who is highly trained in this area of work and has worked in it for now... 20 years people often don't want to ask questions if they're worried about something because they're worried they won't know what to do but you don't have to know what to do nobody's expecting you to save someone you don't have to plow into somebody's life and say well okay what we're going to do is xyz just listen to them the greatest therapy in the world is just somebody saying god that sounds shit Like, that's it. You don't have to have a solution. Don't be worried to ask a question because you're frightened you haven't got the solution. You don't have to have a solution. You just have to say, that is so shit, I'm sorry. And I think people are worried that they're going to like, oh, what am I going to do if I find out? And they have to have a solution and they have to have a plan in place and actually... We're going to have to call the police. It's like, no, no, no. Don't take their control away from them. That's what an abuser does is try and take their control. You just say, okay, what is it you want to do? I'll do whatever I can to help. And if that's nothing, that's okay. 
Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for sharing your International Women's Day letter to the women of the world. It's been a total pleasure. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Yours Sincerely with Jess Phillips. I'll be back tomorrow with a special conversation I recorded with Aisha Hazarika. If you want to hear more conversations just like this, make sure you follow Yours Sincerely with Jess Phillips on the podcast provider of your choice. And why not write a letter to your friends telling them all about this podcast? You could also follow us on social media. We're at Jess Phillips Pod. Goodbye. If you or someone you know has been affected by the issues surrounding our conversation on assault, there are resources available online that can help you. You can visit victimsupport.org.uk or call them for free at 0808 168 9111 for information, advice and support. They will also be linked in the show notes. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.